Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. I want to get into the Word. I have something for you today. I, I, I started this message two weeks ago, and you can see the title now. Thank you, Rebecca. You're awesome. Yes, she is. Um, perspective is everything 2.0. As I said, I started the message a couple of weeks ago. Perspective is everything was the title to that message. And I informed you then, if today's your first day, you hear it now. The message comes out of a message that I heard Pastor Stephen Furtick preach a year ago, uh, just a long, a little bit longer than a year ago right now, this weekend. And, and it stuck with me. I took notes. I loved the message. It, it, it was born in my heart at that occasion. But more than that, um, I just felt like when I came to this end of this year, I thought, wow. These folks, everybody needs to hear this. And so I'm going to share it with you. Let me recap. If you weren't there for a couple of weeks ago, uh, I'm going to give you the gist of the message. And if you missed all of it, uh, you're going to catch this regardless if you weren't here. I do encourage you, especially those of you who are watching online, we, we record all of our services. They're archived and you can find us and you can find the message from two weeks ago and listen to that. I know it'll bless you. But even if you weren't here, this is going to work for you today. It comes out of the story of Mary and Joseph and the birth of Jesus. And you know how you have in your mind how things will go and they just don't go the way that you had in your mind how they would go? That happened to Mary and Joseph, right? And, and so I, I, I delved into their uh, the Christmas story, if you will, and how that they, their perspective on it would have been different from what God's perspective was on it. And so I used the message to drive home the point that we ha often have in mind something far different from what God has in mind with our circumstances. Hopefully your faith was somewhat renewed if you were there and part of that message. But by the time we're done today, your faith should be renewed in trusting that the circumstances, however they appear to you, that God can be trusted in it. That Psalm 23 is a real message for us today. That in green pastures, by still waters, God's with us. But also when we're in the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because He is with us. So perhaps some of us watching us online, Mary Lou, I know you were going to try, and if you're watching, I know I got a word for you, sister. So you watch us, and you hear what God has to say for you. And all of you that are listening here today, I know God's got a word for you. Hopefully you grow in understanding that when the word of God says all things work together for good, yeah. 
to them that love God and are called according to his purposes. You, you'll catch on to that today. In spite of your pains and your difficulties. Any of you ready for that today? So I have more to say on it. So sit down, buckle up, and get ready for hear from the Lord on this gospel ride. Um, anyone else in this room today feel like or listening online that you've been on a Holy Ghost roller coaster in 2020? You know how you go to those theme parks and fairs and stuff, and when they're on the roller coaster and you hear the screams? Some of you have been in those places this year, haven't you? Ah! Waving your arms. And our problem is, what's on our mind? So I begin there. What's on your mind today? And I'll take you to Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. I do have it for you, and those of you watching online should be able to see it as well. It is from the NIV, from the NIV, and here's what the Word says here. You're going to be sitting down for a long while. Why don't you stand for the reading of the Word? Just one verse. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Focus on these words. He had in mind. Do you see that? He had in mind. I'm asking you today to examine what's on your mind. You may be seated. So much of what we do comes out of what we think we should do, right? If you're taking notes, I did not get it for you in the insert. I apologize to you, but you do have them. If you have your uh, phone and you have our app, you can take your notes along uh, online. And of course, there's a plain one in the bulletin if you've got a bulletin just to take notes. Yeah. How often do you find yourself consulting God after the fact? Anybody else? Just six of you? How many of you, I'm going to ask it again, find yourself consulting God after the fact? Like when you had the flat tire, why God? You know, or, or you're in the mess, and now you say, uh, God, what's going on here? I need your help, Lord. After the fact. Imagine how much better things could be if we paused long enough to understand the desire of God up front. Glory. You got music this morning? Apparently somebody didn't see that sign earlier that said silence your cell phones. Anyway, I'm glad you're here. Please enjoy the service. Listen to the word. Don't let that be a distraction for you. How much better things could be if we pause long enough to understand the desire of God up front? Yeah. How many of you this, in this place will start a project 
without reading the directions. Yeah, we do that with the Lord, right? We just say, we're doing our thing, Lord. Hi, we're out here on this journey. Oh, by the way, Lord, would you help me out? If you go by your perspective, you will make your decision. But the problem is, God, God might have a different perspective. You go by what you see. You see it? You remember now the verse. Joseph had in mind to put her away quietly, to divorce her quietly. Let's just move past this moment. I don't know that I want to be with a gal that supposedly is a virgin. But she's pregnant. And she'd come up with this story that's a little far-fetched. I, I want to relate this story to you because if you go by your perspective... You'll make your decision, but the problem is God might have a different perspective. Just a few weeks ago, I was with a friend, and we were on a hunting trip, and um, the first morning of the hunt, out from, just crossed, crossed the road and the territory and came out into a, in the woods where I was at, and, and, and uh, it was a beautiful doe deer. And I have a license to shoot a doe deer. And so 70 yards, got my nice 30-06 rifle. I pull up, have her in the crosshair. She's standing broadside, has no clue what's about to happen. And I'm all steady and everything's nice. Just stop saying aw, you Bambi lovers. Aw, I don't have no meat. And I got, I got her in my sights and I pull the trigger and it goes click. Now you can say ah. So I eject the shell, put in another. She's still standing there, no clue. Just scrambling around in the ground looking for a, a nut. Click. <laughs> And eventually, she actually walks closer, parallel to me, till she's about 45 yards from me, broadside, wide out in the open. I finally got another shell in there, and I'm going, click. She's close enough now that she's like, something's up. There's a strange noise coming from over there. And she, she hustles on away. Signs up. Y'all cheer for the deer. Cheer for the deer. Okay. I know. You got the wrong perspective. I need meat in my freezer, people. I'm trying to feed people in need. And here you are awing for the deer. Well, listen. Never had... Never, never had 
another opportunity to shoot another deer over the next several days. I go home frustrated. And, you know, I fixed up my rifle after that. I mean, I went back to the cabin, fixed the rifle. It was good to go. Fired a shot. Knew I was ready for the next time. But I never had another next time. Thank you. Thank you for your false sympathy. And really... I already had two deer in my freezer, so I can't really say that like, anyway. So here's the deal. Just about a week ago, I go online and check the uh, Pennsylvania hunting and game site. And, and I'm just looking through some stuff because I'm thinking about going out again with my bow. And, and I start reading and I found this spot it turns out that the week I was hunting in this area with my legal license, I wasn't supposed to shoot a doe during that week. Now let me hear you say, ah, yeah, right? God had, and you can call that, you can call it coincidence if you want, I don't. I don't. I, I know my weapons. I know how to use them. God was watching out for your preacher. I mean, it would have been a big deal. I'd have paid a fine and I'd have gone on my way and I'd still be alive today to tell the story. But my point is, God saved me trouble. He had a different perspective. I was frustrated because I, what's wrong with my gun? What's wrong with this? Lord, I need to blah, blah, blah. But God knew. He saw things differently than I did. Wouldn't it be much easier, though, if God would just tell us up front? <laughs> Wouldn't that be easier? I know it's throwing out his, the free will for you, but it would be so much easier, wouldn't it, if God would just say, don't do this. You know, don't pull that trigger. You're not supposed to shoot. You know, if God had tapped me on the shoulders while I'm out in the woods, don't shoot. You can't shoot that. We know that God is going to speak to Joseph. We know that. We have the perspective of hindsight from the word. We know God is going to speak to Joseph, but why doesn't he do it before he makes his decision? Why doesn't God do this before Joseph had made his decision? And here's the thing, folks. It could be said that the greatest pain Joseph had ever faced hinged on the greatest triumph mankind would ever experience. See how big that picture is now? Uh, let, me re let me say it to you again, because this ain't in your notes, if you see them online. The greatest pain Joseph had ever faced hinged on the greatest triumph mankind would ever experience. Talk about a perspective change. 
It, let me put it to you this way. If Joseph has or does things his way, he misses Jesus being raised in his household. I didn't put that up there earlier for you. I'm going to give you a second to fill in the gap because I got to go on. If, if Joseph has things his way, he misses Jesus being raised in his household. What does that look like? Here's what it looks like. He had a billion dollar lottery ticket and he threw it away. That's what would happen if Joseph did things his way. We're talking about Jesus. Now, you know, listen, some of you brag about you know a few people. Some of you may have even heard me if you've hung around me enough like it's some big deal that I met Dwayne Johnson when he was 16 years old. I was working out with his father at the time, Rocky Johnson. Like that's a big deal. And it, and it is a big deal. I mean, y'all know who Dwayne Johnson is, right? And, and, and so, you know, I went, what did he go to liberty here? Or freedom? Freedom, excuse me, excuse me. See what I mean? It does matter to you. But think about this for a moment. If Joseph has his way, he's put away Mary, he's divorced Mary, she's going to be with somebody else, and Jesus will be raised in that household. Hmm. He would have missed it. You see, here's the deal. God has a different perspective. And you know what God says to Joseph? I'll get back to it in a, in a few moments. But he, he says this to Joseph. He said, what is in her is from me. That which is in her is from me. You're about to catch on, folks. I wonder how many blessings we miss because we do things our way. I wonder how many growth steps we miss because we take things into our own hands rather than let God work out his whole plan. Uh-oh. Oh, it's not, it's, you're catching up to it now. You're starting to realize where this message is going. How many growth steps, growth steps, I have to be far enough away from you, I don't spit that out. Do we miss... Because we take things into our own hands instead of allowing God to work out his whole plan. How many times have you cut God off at the knees, if you will? You want to know where this comes to make, make sense? Think about this for a moment. God says to the children of Israel, I've got the promised land for you. Just follow me. And the first hardship they face, see before them, Egypt army behind them, they're saying, why didn't we just die? They give up. They lose hope. Instead of trusting that God has a better plan for them. Oh, and it gets far worse. Because if you think about it for a moment, maybe you understand this or not, but do you know how many days they could have traveled to get to the promised land? They could have traveled for 11 days. It's an 11-day journey on the outside 
for an army of that size or a group of that size to get from where they were in Egypt to the promised land. 11 days becomes 40 years when you lose perspective. When you go by your perspective. They were trying to figure out God and instead of God's best plan for them, they have to deal with their own plan. If Joseph goes by his mind, sight, or emotions, he misses it. If we base, hear me when I say this, if we base our decisions on what we think in our mind, we will miss the mind or way of God. We base our decisions on what we think, what is in our mind, we will miss the mind of God or the way of God. That's what happened to Israelites. If we base our decisions on what we see, we will miss it. I'm going to take you here because you all need to get here. You've all suffered the pains of this next thought. If we base our decisions on our emotions, we will miss the plan of God. Because if you base it on your emotions, you're going to go by what feels right. And what feels right is always what feels good. It's the same thing with the discipline of what I just talked about in prayer and fasting. You won't do it if you're trying to make it feel good. Because it won't feel good. But it will do you good way better than not doing it. It'll be good for your soul and your eternal being. To separate yourself from food and other such stuff and spend time in the presence of God. So don't base it on your emotions. Joseph, that didn't feel good to Joseph. That didn't feel right to Joseph. He wants out. So the problem is your picture. That's the problem. And I get back to the heart of the message with this because perspective is everything. Pastor Stevens Furtick puts it this way. He says, the problem isn't your situation, it's your picture. The problem isn't your situation, it's your picture. If you envisioned it as perfect and it isn't, you go away discouraged and give up. There's somebody watching me right now online and you don't want to be in a church service because that church has hypocrites in it. This was just, I, literally two weeks ago, I, I, I dealt with a, a, a message was sent to me. I'd love to go to your church, Pastor. I love your preaching. I love the church, but I don't like somebody in the church. They're a hypocrite. Thank you for that Holy Ghost moment. Because I wrote that person back and I said, I am so glad 
that you love our church and the ministry of our church. But if you're looking for a church without hypocrites, one does not exist. I even said it. The moment you show up, it's going to have a hypocrite in it. How many of you know, though, that every single one of us, we're trying, we're trying, we're desperately hard trying to do everything right, say everything right, live for Jesus, but you're human, and you're gonna mess up. If you stare long enough at me, my goodness, I just told you a story that if I'd had my way, I'd broken the law. <laughs> so churches have hypocrites in them. That's a problem. If you envisioned it as perfect, if you envision the church and your situation as perfect, listen to me. If you envision your Christmas this year as perfect, your Christmas was messed up. I'll help you. I'll help you understand it. Do you know where Pastor Amy and I were Christmas morning opening our gifts with our children and grandchildren? Under a pavilion at Monocacy Park off of Monocacy Creek. Let me tell you how messed up this was. First we started, we were going to meet at a... Because I have... I can't say more. Any, anyway, uh, uh, really, that's not because I'm trying to be wise here. But we're trying to pay attention to things and keep things safe and social distance and stuff, right? That's all. And so we were going to meet at Covered Bridge Park. We have a beautiful... cover. It's called Covered Bridge Park out near us in, in uh, Parkland area. Uh, our home is not far from it, and they have beautiful pavilions that they've spent about a million dollars making the, uh, the swings. They got more than swings. I mean, you can't even call it swings. They, like, they have a zip line, and all, all of you are going to be trying to go over to this park now. And, and they spent a million dollars on it. Beautiful park, right? Do y'all remember what happened Christmas Eve and Christmas morning? Do you remember what was going on? We got like 12 inches of rain. Not really, but a lot of rain. I wished I had done this for Rebecca. The parking lot where the pavilions are was under a foot of water. Thank God I had my four-wheel drive pickup. I just drove right through the parking lot, but it was that deep. I'm driving my truck through the parking lot and it's like I'm in a boat. You got waves coming out from it. <laughs> and so I have to call my kids up and say, we can't do this here. We got to figure out something else. So ultimately we land at Monocacy Creek. And when we get there, my son calls me and he says, you can't drive down this road, Dad, because there's a tree across the road. And so now the police come, 
and, and then the power company comes and then the city comes because they got to cut the tree and move it out. It's Christmas Day. And we're in this little pavilion trying to have our Christmas celebration and the wind's blowing at 25 miles an hour. It's sprinkling rain. And it's all, it, the temperature's dropping by the second. When you got up in the morning on Christmas Day, it was 53, but by 10 a.m., it's now 33, and the wind's blowing at 30 miles an hour. If you had in your head that it was going to be perfect, those Hallmark movies messed you up. What you had in mind was nothing like what we ended up experiencing. Just chasing one of my granddaughters on the grass. She stopped, and I tried. I tried to stop. But the grass, wet, mud had something different in mind. I got a perfect, you can even, you could still see the spot. It's like one of those spots after there's been a crime, someone died. There's a perfect outline of where my hands went, my feet went. That far, that far, I injured this rib. It still hurts. But our problem is the picture. Perspective is everything. This is humanity's great problem. It's exactly what got Adam and Eve thrown out of the garden. Their perspective was wrong. You remember what the serpent said to them? Surely you'll not die. You got the wrong perspective, Adam, Eve. Y'all got the wrong perspective. You're not going to die. And it got him thrown out of the garden. As I said a moment ago, it's the very thing that got that, that, that Israel, it was their problem because they spent 40 years wandering in the desert what could have been 11 days. Think about that for a moment. That's messed up. Do you know this? Wrong perspective is the very reason Jesus was crucified. Still with me? The people that should have recognized him didn't recognize him, and there's the cross. Wrong perspective. They were expecting him to look and act different. You, here's your problem. You cannot see what is in the mind of God. You cannot see it. You may not recognize what God is doing. You may not recognize it. That's our problem. That's humanity's problem. It may not feel like God at all. In fact, it may look like the opposite of God and yet be God at work. Any of you mature believers say amen to that? 
You've walked out something in your life and it did not look like God. It didn't feel like God. It didn't uh, seem like anything that God had a part on. But on, with hindsight, you're going, thank you, God. You were there. Here's a word for you this morning, church. It's in the notes, but it's a word for you this morning. God said, I had a perspective of your life before you were born. I have a plan for your life before you ever set face on the earth. You know it from the Bible. I'll give you the scripture because you've heard it before. Jeremiah 1.5 puts it this way. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. You're saying, well, that was for Jeremiah. No, it's for everyone. Not that you would be a prophet, but God knew you in your mother's womb. You need to come to grips with that. And he has a good plan for your life. And so I go to the third main point this morning. Write this down. God put it in you. God put it in you. And I'll give you the scripture that makes it make sense. We're back in Matthew. We're back at the story with Joseph in this case. I want you to hear this word from Joseph. And it's in Matthew 1 verse 20. As he considered this, right? Uh, let me back up for a moment. What was he considering? Verse 19, Joseph had in his mind to put her away or to divorce her quietly. That's what Joseph is now considering in verse 20. Look at verse 20 again. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. You, you heard me say it a, uh, about 20 minutes ago at this stage where I said, what is in her is from me. That's what the angel's saying. Or it's from God. The angel saying, what is in her, Mary, is from God. God is having to remind Joseph that what is in Mary is something from him. Joseph was seeing things from only his perspective. Still with me? And here's why this is significant, because we are living in a time that if what we see is only from our perspective, we will miss much of what God is doing. We will miss much that God is doing. If all that we're seeing is from this human perspective, you are far too inadequate to really get it. Why? Because you're one of those hypocrites. Trying to live right, trying to see things right, but you're human. 
And, and, and the, the picture or the perspective gets all out of proportion. It is, hear this word from the Lord for you today, entirely possible that God has conceived something in you that you have never identified. God sees something in you that you cannot see. Your perspective is skewed by your humanity and your inadequacy and all of the things that stand in the way of what God sees in you. You see something far confusing God sees something that's not confusing at all. He sees you winning. He sees you spending eternity with Him in heaven. He sees you walking it out here on earth with success. Let me put it to you another way. God has placed more in you than you can possibly see at this moment. Look at your neighbor right now and tell him you're more than enough. That's all right. Build them up. Go ahead, Pastor Amy. Here's, here, here's how I want you to catch this, folks. This is the good stuff. This is the meat. This is the heart of the message. If what's in you is from God, then you have everything you need for anything you face. And that's good news, isn't it? If what's in you is from God, then you have everything you need for anything you face. As with Joseph, God has to remind us that what is in us is more than enough to take care of what surrounds us. I'm talking about people. I'm talking about circumstances. I'm talking about your situation, whether it's your job, whether you're in school, whether you're having an issue in your home or your marriage. If God is reminding us that what is in us is more than enough to take care of what surrounds us. Hear it from the Word. You need to see it in the Word. I know, you need to be convinced by the Word of God. Write this scripture down. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Here it is. But you belong to God, my dear children. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, you belong to God. You have already won a victory over those people because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. He's already in you. And the one who is in you has already won the victory. It's why it's so critical that you know what God says in His Word about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to learn, you've got to come to know what God says about you, not what everyone else says about you. Not what your critics say about you. Jesus' word to us is that we can speak to the mountain and it will obey. It takes on a whole new perspective now, doesn't it? 
When he says it in his word, you can speak to the mountain and it will obey. It takes on a whole new perspective when you start to understand whose you are and what you're capable of based on what he's done. God's word in Philippians 4.13, it's got to take on a different meaning to you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me suddenly has a new perspective. Because I'm not just seeing it through my eyes. I'm, through, I'm seeing it through the perspective of God. Because he's looking down and he sees a whole different picture than you see. He looks at potential. He looks at your capabilities. He may be aware of your inadequacies, but he looks at your capabilities. He looks at you through a perspective that says, they can do it. They can do it. They can have success. They can win this battle over alcohol. They can win this battle over drugs. Because he sees a different perspective. They can. So let's tap into the mind of God. I was looking at, I was listening to our songs this morning. We sang some songs this morning that got my attention. I, I, I took a picture of one slide. It was in a song. It was, I think, the second to the last song that we sang this morning. Here's what he said. You know every detail of my life. You are God and you don't miss a thing. That was a, see, that's a slide from one of our songs we sang just a little while ago. You know every detail of my life. You are God and you don't miss a thing. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. You see, he tells a different story than you tell. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Let me give you another line from the same song now. I've met the author of my story. And it's mine. No, no, no. He's mine. I've met the author of my story. And he's mine. Yes, he's mine. <laughs> he knows me. He knows as Alpha and Omega. He knows the beginning from the end. And he has authored a story that is for my success. It's for my good. You're not a loser. Why can I say that and mean it? Because the I am tells me who I am. Luke, I want you to get into the mind of God here. Luke chapter 12, verses 11 and 12. And this, I'm, obviously, it's the conclusion. Tapping the mind of God. And when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities. Don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say. What? Look at, look, look at this. The, the I am is about to show up. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. 
For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. What is that telling you? Stop worrying. You got the Holy Ghost in you. What is in you is from me. Are you hearing it now? What is in you is from me. That's God speaking. What is in you is from me. Another passage I want you to catch here, though, before I go any further, it's from the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 13. Something similar. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. My steps are ordered of God because I'm trusting Him. I'm making my steps according to His plan for my life. The I am tells me who I am, and I'm going to listen to Him. You may never be visited by an angel like Joseph, but you have the Holy Spirit walking with you always. You don't need an angel to visit you like that because you have Holy Spirit in you. You can know the way of God in all situations. Matthew 9, verse 4 puts it this way. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? Now let me qualify this. I don't want to know you, you, let me start over. You may never rise to the place that you know people's thoughts, but you can certainly know what you need to do. I don't even want to know what people think. You understand what I mean when I say that. I don't know. I, what I think they think is bad enough. I don't want to really know what they think. How many of you be honest with this preacher? Aren't you glad people that are around you don't know what you think about them? <laughs> I mean, they don't really know what you think about them. I know you told them that, that you love them and they're beautiful, wonderful, awesome. You already said that kind of stuff to them, but you don't really want to know what they think, do they? And here's Jesus saying, if you will trust me, Holy Spirit's in you. He will guide you. He will direct your path. If you learn to listen to his voice, you can avoid a lot of trouble. How many are up for that? Don't force God to have to use a donkey to speak to you. Don't put him in that position. You don't have to. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You don't need a... You know what I'd like to say, but I won't say because I'm... Right? Right? Don't force God to have to use a donkey to speak to you because he will but you have Holy Spirit in you it should be so much better than that for you and so let me close it out for real let's determine to walk into 2021 with a new perspective a whole new perspective let's let give God room Stay with me still. Give God room. or get, Let's give room for God to have a different and better perspective than we do on our life. You following me on this one? Say it with me. Let's give room for God to have a different and better perspective than we do on our life. A different and better perspective.
perspective on our life. Uh, let me take it another step. Let's give room for the fact that even in a pandemic, God has a perspective that ultimately will work for our good if we listen to him and walk in his way. Even in a pandemic. But notice what I highlighted there. If we listen to him and walk in his way, God has a better perspective. So let's give room for the fact Okay, I'm going to get the rest of you on this one. Still a few of you hanging out there going, what is that preacher really trying to say? Listen to me when I say this. Let's give room for the fact that even if the presidential election doesn't go or didn't go the way you think it should have gone, God is still God and he has a plan that's for our good. Wherever you stand on that, I'm not trying to tell, I'm not even trying to predict where you are on it. Whether you're happy or you're dismayed. I'm not, that's not the point. God is still God, and He has a plan for you that is for your good, regardless of what happens around you. Doesn't mean it has to feel good. Doesn't mean it has to look good. Let's apply this truth to every area of our lives. We are trusting God no matter what we think, hear, feel, see. Stand to your feet. Different perspective for 2021. We got to have a different perspective for 2021. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes for one brief moment. I know it's been a long day, but you got the rest of the day off. It's bright and sunny out. You're going to go home and watch the Eagles get smacked by the Cowboys. Let's not leave this moment in spiritual darkness. Let God change your perspective for 2021. Whatever 2020 has been for you, let God adjust your perspective in 2021. Really, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purposes. It really is true. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, maybe you've come here today and... and and I don't know everybody's spiritual life or condition, but perhaps you're in this service and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never invited Him into your heart or asked Him to forgive you of your sins. But in this moment, you want to make sure that you got things right with the Lord. You don't want to go into 2021 with a question mark over your spiritual life or your eternal existence. And as you sit there and contemplate that idea, Maybe you're watching online, but whatever the case is, you would say with an upraised hand, I want to get things right with Jesus. I want to end this year right and go into 2021 with a clear perspective that I'm going to be with the Lord forever. And if you have a question mark, you want to erase it, lift your hand and say, preacher, pray for me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to make sure I get things right with him today watching online same thing say with an emoji hand you're doing it on Facebook I, I, I got saved let us know 
Say, I need to get right with Jesus. Anybody lift that hand up high? I'm not seeing a hand. If anybody's raising a hand, I'm not seeing it in the sanctuary at least. For the benefit of those who may be watching online or who may see this some other time, even years from now, pray this prayer with me if you raised your hands and you want to get things right with the Lord. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I thank you, Jesus, that you came down to earth, lived your life, and you gave your life so that I might have eternal life. Wash me clean. From this moment, I declare, I am yours. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, again, just acknowledge it on Facebook, especially. You can say, I got saved. Let us know. We'll try to contact you and make sure what you do next. If there's a chance that you're here in the sanctuary and you should have raised your hands, meant to but didn't, Come talk to this preacher and let us know that you gave your heart to the Lord. You prayed the prayer and you mean business with God. I say God bless you. You have an amazing day. Come see us on New Year's Eve. we got a special service for you. Otherwise, I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.